1: back. Afternoon drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. Smileisports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you are looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP dot com. In the meantime, I want to tell you about one of the best decisions I've made in a long time. I went to go see my guy, Dr. McCracken at Denver Hair Surgery. Uh, The process was easy, and I say it was easy because I had two transplants done many years ago, and I have a huge scar in the back of my neck to prove that. Uh, That was painful. The post-op wasn't pleasant at all, but with the new technology that Dr. McCracken and his team have at Denver Hair Surgery, wow, just fantastic, and I cannot wait to see the results, and as a matter of fact, some of the results are already starting to show up just got together with dr mccracken usually you do that about two to three months after the procedure that's what i did he said things are looking good and i'm feeling great so by this summer i'm not going to say i'm gonna have a full head of hair because that's not what the procedure was but i'm going to have it where i want it and that is so important so if this sounds like you or somebody you know Highly recommend you go to Denver Hair Surgery. Go to DenverHairsurgery.com. That's DenverHairsurgery.com. And if you mention you heard this ad, you're going to save 500 bucks. DenverHairsurgery.com. Time now for the lead. The lead presented by Sasquatch Casino in Blackhawk. Okay, Mesa. Bradley Chubb met the media yesterday. Says he's the healthiest he has been since going into his second season prior to tearing his ACL in Week Four of the 2019 season against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Can the Broncos count on him to stay healthy? Wow! That, I don't paw, think, that pause.
2: Uh, wow. It's uh, as um. As Lisa Simpson would say, it takes time to properly sugarcoat a response.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, what do you want to say? Yeah, hope he does. You hope he does. But
2: you can't. It, it's you can't rely on him. I mean, look, that's why are why do we keep coming back to edge rusher as a position we're concerned about for this team in 2022? Right. Because you have one guy who's injury prone, another guy who was on IR last year, and he's dealt with suspensions over the course of uh, the the last several years. You have two players in Bradley Chubb and Randy Gregory who are talented and certainly have the ability to be terrific, but we've only seen it in spurts. And in particular for Bradley Chubb, the spurt came before his torn ACL in 2019. I mean, last year he was dealing with the bone spurs, obviously, but no sacks, no sacks.
1: If my mind serves me correct, and I think it kind of does, Mm -hmm. I'm going to go way back. When Dan Marino tore his ACL, a freak accident. What you would say about Dan Marino is he tore his ACL. Right. What you would not say is he has an injury history. Yeah. And unfortunately, Bradley Chubb falls into that second category. Yeah. An injury history. And you're just waiting for something to happen again. Sometimes injuries happen by accident. Sometimes your body just fails you. It is to no fault of your own that you tear an ACL. Uh, Elvis Dumerville, he tore a bicep or a pec. Is that one of them? Is that it was right? A, I want to say it was a pec. With that, no one would say about Elvis Dumerville, that was a freak injury that happened, I think, in training camp. Right. Right, right at the start of 2010 training camp. But no one would say, generally speaking, about Elvis Dumerville, he has an injury history. hmm but you go year after year looking at Bradley Chubb's career. It's unfortunate that whether he hits the free market next year yeah. or not, teams will look at him like that, and they will pay him accordingly because of that.
2: Right. Like you mentioned, other, like the other years of his career— the four years before that peck injury, he played 13, 16, 16, and 16 games. Right. The four years after, he played 14, 16, 15, and 16. Not an that injury te- history. Right. That tells and you. And you get paid accordingly for right. that. And, and he, he cleaned up a couple of times, the Dumerville, because he was proficient and he was available.
1: His ceiling, talking about Chubb, is high. And when Vaughn was here, I think you could have easily made the case that, Bradley Chubb was better at setting the edge and was a better run defensive end than Von Miller. Fair to say?
2: That is more than fair. I'd say it's accurate. So you have a
1: guy who can get to the passer. You have a guy who can set the edge. But at the end of the day, ability is not as important as availability. And unfortunately, that's where Bradley Chubb is in his career. Now, if there was ever a season he wants to be fully healthy, this is it. Because he's going into a contract year. The problem is whoever offers him a contract, whether it's the Broncos or some other team, they're gonna look at it and say, Okay, you finally had a season without an injury. You might we might give you a
2: one year prove it deal, maybe a two year deal. That's where let's say Chubb does stay healthy and say that he has like a fifteen or sixteen sack season. Well, that would be something. It would be something. But are you giving him the long term deal or are you saying You're even- reticent to do it? Well, do you let him go, or franchise him, or you fran- now franchise tag is twenty three million for one year, probably for an edge rusher. Yep, but there are two. It, it does keep him around, and it does kind of buy you time to see if he Correct. can stay healthy. The other thing is this: with Chubb's injury history, if you give him a long term deal, if he has a big year, let's say he plays sixteen games, has fifteen sacks. You give him a long-term deal with that injury history, though. I'm real nervous about how the ba- how years beyond on that deal end right. up looking. It's sort of like a baseball contract where you say, "Oh, oh, well, I'm fine giving player X this money when he's 32 years old, but I don't want to give him a five or six-year deal because I don't want to. know I, I'm concerned about what age 36, 37, 38 look like for Bradley Chubb. You're moving up the timetable a bit. This is year five for Bradley Chubb, believe it or not. He has a big year this year, and you sign him to a four-year extension after this year. That's well and good, but I'm kind of concerned about how years eight, nine might look as opposed to just six and seven. I would
1: give Bradley Chubb the franchise tag because there is at least one or two teams out there Mm -hmm. that are so desperate for a pass rusher that they will give him a big deal, and the Broncos will have no chance to resign. Well,
2: here's another thing that you consider.
1: Well, who's up for the franchise tag after this year? On this team? On this team. Because uh, that might need to come into consideration as well. Uh who else is exp- up the- I
2: mean, you're not gonna you're not gonna franchise Ty Dalton Reisner.
1: No. You don't know if you're gonna bring back Dalton Reisner.
2: Right. Your receivers are under contract. Right. Simmons is under contract. Uh Draymond Jones is he's in his contract here. You might want to franchise him. You yeah, might. Although you could probably get him done in a relatively affordable type of deal. And he's not he's not injury prone. Right. He's a, he's he's a guy there. you
1: might want to keep and then use that franchise tag on Bradley. You Chubb.
2: said something interesting, though, I in the did? midst of that. You say a lot of interesting things. Wow, thank you. Make that but a point. But the drop, interesting Danny. thing you said there is that there are a lot of teams desperate for pass rushers. So would you consider, if, if Chubb has a big year, would you consider a tag and trade and sell effectively sell high on him? Depends on what you're getting back. Let's are say you, it, are you getting back a first round pick? A team gives up a first round pick. Sure, I'm, I would do that all a, day. I would do that in a second, and literally, and, and you know then, why? I would, then I'm, I'm saying, first round pick. right, and then with that first round pick, I'm saying yeah, we're going edge. The whole world's going to know it, but that's okay. Well, it all
1: depends on the team that's offering, mm-hmm. too. Very rarely do you see a tag and trade. It happens, mm-hmm. but very rarely do you see it. I don't think a team is going to be willing to give up a first round pick, though, even though Chub. Let's just say he has a great year. I don't think they're going to be willing to do that.
2: Well, effectively, I mean, wasn't Devonte Adams a tag and trade. As I said, yeah. it happens
1: very yeah. rarely. But what and did Devonte Adams? He's
2: older, but he's not
1: injury prone. Devonte Adams did not want to go back, and as much as I would like to say he didn't want to go back because of Aaron Rodgers, that's not the truth. He wanted to play with Derek Carr. Mm-hmm. He wanted to play with the Raiders. He wanted to go home. Right. So, but very rarely does that happen. I don't think a team would do that. They, if they have a top fifteen pick, uh, uh-uh. they're not trading their first round pick. Even if if Bradley Chubb has twenty sacks, I don't think a team would do that and then give. Not in the top
2: deal. fifteen, but what if a team in the twenties did that? Maybe. I mean, but effectively, that's where the, the I Raiders, think the, the Broncos. That's should, about where the Raiders were making that deal for the Broncos. Adams. The Broncos should jump
1: on that. The difference is Devontae Adams is going to the Hall of Fame, and we don't know.
2: The next time Bradley
1: Chubb is going to the ER. But
2: you're taking advantage of the premium on edge rushers. That's Because with all respect to receivers, even at Grays, Devontae Adams, in terms of team building and where they're valued, positional value, edge comes in just behind QB. We got to hit a break. You know this better than I
1: do, so I'll acquiesce to you. Is next year's draft loaded with pass rushers?
2: Not like this year.
1: Well, this year's then, the pass rush year. Then maybe next year you want to make that trade. Coming up after the break, Nuggets Warriors game 1 tomorrow. Harrison Wind from the dnvr.com will join us next to preview. And one of the things we'll ask him, who in the heck is going to cover Steph Curry? That's next.
0: new drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda, a no-pressure-buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Warriors, come out to play. Warriors, come
3: out
1: Goodman Mason. Watch us, myliesports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for a wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com for your next deck, your next fence. If you're doing a project this summer, get wholesale lumber, the best lumber out there, rmfp.com. By the way, who did kill Cyrus? Do you know the answer to that? I don't even know that movie. Was it the Baseball Fury? Am I the only one that remembers that movie, The Warriors? Yeah. That was an absolute classic.
4: Danny? I just know the drop because we've had it in here for a long time, and it's a good one anytime the Nuggets are playing The Warriors. That
1: is a great movie for a guy only. If, you, if you're if you looking to make it a date movie, don't. Noted. Thank great movie. That. Time
0: now for the buzz. The Buzz is presented by Rocky Mountain Forest Products, where they specialize in wholesale lumber to the public. Go to Rocky Mountain Forest Products in Wheat Ridge or go to rmfp.com.
1: All right, let's go out to the hotline. We're going to bring in our friend Harrison Wynn, covers the nuggets for thednvr.com. How are you, Harrison? Doing great,
3: guys. How are you?
1: As everybody talks about Jokic. I'm going to go the other direction. Who in the heck is going to guard Steph Curry and Clay Thompson as the Nuggets' defense has been as leaky as a fire hose?
3: You're not wrong. The Nuggets haven't really defended anyone since the All-Star break. The guy I'm actually looking towards to maybe have the biggest impact defending Steph Curry is actually Austin Rivers. And, look, he's coming off the bench, I think, to start the series. If Steph Curry torches the Nuggets in the first couple of games, I wouldn't be surprised if he moved into the starting lineup um, eventually. But he's the Nuggets' best matchup on Steph. So really for Denver to win this series, they've got to play way above what they did in the regular season defensively, um, especially on the perimeter. But Austin Rivers is their best perimeter defender. He's a big X factor for me.
1: Okay, but he can't cover two guys, so who covers Clay Thompson?
3: Aaron Gordon. Will Barton, one of those two most likely. Monte Morris.
1: Oh, my God. That doesn't sound good. Aaron Gordon, yeah, but you're taking him away from the basket. Right. So who's going to rebound?
3: Nico Jokic by himself. (laughs) (laughs) That's some analysis. Yeah, I I mean, (laughs) that is a big area where, where Denver should have one of their few advantages in this series is on the glass. Uh, I mean, the Nuggets are, are bigger than the Warriors. Um, Nico Jokic is the best rebounder in the league, I think. So they could have an advantage there.
1: Do all the hip kids call him Nico? Do they? I don't know. I, I, I've never heard anybody call him Nico. It's usually Nikola or the Joker. I've never heard anybody call him Nico.
3: I think it was Yadis who called him Nico at mm-hmm. the All-Star game two years ago when those two were all buddy-buddy.
2: That would actually make sense, though, because Nico is a pretty common uh, nickname. Uh, like, I, my, my parents live in a town with a lot of Greek immigrants, and Nico mm-hmm. is a nickname that a lot of people have there. So that would make there sense. There you go. I,
3: I, I consider Giannis a pretty cool kid, pretty cool guy. G-Man. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you on the DNVR.com, there was a, a Roundtable article breaking down the series, and of... The three of the three authors on it, you were the only one who picked the Nuggets to win the series. You've got Nuggets in seven. If the Nuggets pull it off, how did it happen?
3: Look, the, the Nuggets are, are not favored in this series, of course. I mean, the Warriors are a better team on paper. The Warriors shoot the ball better. They're better defensively. They have a championship-winning coach. But the path to a Nuggets victory in this series is Nikola Jokic dominating every game and dominating every game to an extent where the Warriors have to drastically be shifting their game plan you know, from the first quarter through the fourth quarter in every game. He's good enough to do that. Like, that is on the table. Um, you know, the Warriors are, don't have a huge front line. They start Kevon Looney, who you know, Jokic can roast at any time he wants to. Draymond Green, the best defender in the league, will spend a lot of time on Jokic as well. Uh, he's probably one of the better matchups for Jokic in the league just because he's so smart and strong. But Jokic dominating just every aspect of you know, you know, this series is Denver's path to victory. I don't think it's likely to happen, but I think it's on the table. I, I, I do.
1: Listen, take this the right way, Harrison, because we've known each other for a long time. Mace, would you like to know why Harrison was the only one probably in America who has picked the Nuggets to win this?
2: Please tell me your theory on this
1: because pot is legal in
2: Colorado. Well, but his compatriots are at the dmvr.com are from Colorado and I both Brendan Vote and Adam Mares picked the Warriors. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, Harrison. If you're right, you're going to look like a
1: genius, and I will pay for your plane ticket and your hotel room to go to Vegas. And we're going to. What if I'm
3: wrong, though? What if I'm wrong?
1: Then I'll never talk to you again. Ooh. ooh. Well, usually when I say that to people, they get excited by that statement. So I take that as a compliment (laughs) that you said, "Ooh." What year were you born?
3: Ninety-one.
1: Okay. So I know you're familiar with this phrase, but you didn't live it like I did. And that is the Jordan rules, something that Chuck Daly, the coach of the Pistons, came up with when the late 1980s, the Jordan rules were, we're going to cover Michael Jordan, we're going to swarm him, and we're going to let everybody else on the Bulls beat the Pistons if they could. Would you employ that strategy against Jokic, the Jokic rules?
3: If I'm Golden State, I mean, of course, um, you've got to rough up Jokic. Like he's the Nuggets' only path to victory in the series. Like I said, if you're the Warriors, yeah, you've got to be super physical with him. You've got to try to get under his skin, which
1: is easy to It's easy
3: to do, easy so to do it. isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. So I think that's definitely the route, and I don't think anybody would be better picked to to play
2: that role in <laughs> Draymond Green. You've got an X, there's an, a section in the article that you three wrote at the about X factors. And you talk about Austin Rivers and how he's going to be mashed up on Steph Curry. How do you expect Michael? Do you expect Mike, Michael Moan to do that, to have him on Curry? And if not, like if it's not Austin Rivers, who do you think he would use on Curry?
3: Well, the difficulty is Austin Rivers probably isn't starting at least game one. So I would think it's Monte Morris on Austin Rivers maybe to start the game. But, but I think Austin Rivers is going to play a ton this series. I think he's going to play at least 30 minutes a game. I think he's going to close most games because the Warriors usually close small with Jordan Poole out there. So I think he's going to be on the floor a ton, Um I think, you know, if the Nuggets go down 0-2 or something, then maybe he moves into the starting lineup. But um, I just think he's the Nuggets' best chance to bother Steph Curry. He he had a couple you know, nice showings against Curry in the regular season in those matchups. You can't take much from those because Draymond Green didn't play in any of those four games. But just that one-on-one assignment, Rivers on Curry, he had some good possessions on him. So, I think the Nuggets know he's their best matchup, and I I just expect him to play a ton.
1: All right, we are talking with Harrison Wynn, covers the Nuggets for com. Pick the Nuggets to win in seven games. How are they going to win in seven games?
3: Well, they're going to win on the road because they've sucked at home this year. So that, that was the easy part of that pick. Yeah. Um, and like I said, Nikola Jokic is going to be the best player at every game. He's going to average something like 37-15-8, Wow, which mm-hmm. is crazy, yeah. but it's absolutely on the table. I mean, he, he's killed the Warriors in every game this year. Yeah. Of course, you know, no Draymond Green. Yeah. But, I mean, Denver knows it has to go through Jokic every single possession to win this series, and I really think the Nuggets do. I, I think he has, you know, an all-time series. That could lead to a win, he could also have an all-time series, and they could lose it, though.
1: So how many games do the Nuggets win on the road? They went. Do they Game win tomorrow night?
3: Tough. I don't think so. Game one's going to be tough. I mean, that environment's going to be crazy. And also, like, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, and Steph Curry have played so little together. Like, this is going to be a huge moment when those three take the floor. Game one in front of their home crowd. I just expect the environment to be too much for the Nuggets. Could they get game two? Sure. I think they could get game two and then, you know, come back, maybe split at home or, or win both at home and then, you know, maybe take game five on the road. The, the Nuggets are not, you know, afraid of really like any road team or, or really any road environment. They, they've won some pretty impressive playoff games on the road in the past in San Antonio, um, in Portland, but I, I just think game 1's going to be tough with just that atmosphere.
1: Can I give you a theory why I think the Nuggets aren't as good as at home as they used to be?
3: Cuz they're half-court t- I'd love to hear it. Because they're a half-court
1: yeah. team. And in the past, the Nuggets were built to run, so they would run other teams out of the gym, especially when they'd become the opponents would be coming off a long road trip zone so and so forth. These Nuggets are not built to run and that's why I think they play better on the road because they play better half-court sets, and then they certainly have Jokic as the best player in the league. But if this team was built to run up and down the floor like George Carl's teams, I think they'd be much better at home. But on the road, that doesn't necessarily translate to the road to tiring out your opponent.
3: I think there could be something to that. This year is just kind of an anomaly, though, um, because, I mean, if you look back, you know, they, they've always been good at home. Like this year, they're, they're I think, five games above 500 at home. Um, like last year, they went 25 and 11 at home. The year before, 26 and 11. And then the year before that, 2018 19, they went 34 and 7. I, I do think there's something to that. They don't play that fast breaking style that they did under George Carl. Like that just is a formula for racking up wins in Denver. Right. Um, but this year, it just kind of kind of seemed like a, a weird anomaly.
1: Harrison, thank you for your time. And I'll tell you right now, I hope you are right that the Nuggets win in seven. Because you, you have planted your flag and good for you. And if you're right, I would shout it from the highest mountaintop that you called it in seven games. Because there's nothing wrong with being in the minority if you're right. And I, and I think everyone is rooting for your pick to be right. Thanks for your time. Enjoy the game tomorrow night. Thanks Harrison.
3: Yep. Talk to you guys later.
1: Coming up after the break, today's the 75th anniversary of Jackie Robinson breaking the color barrier and we're going to rank the top five most influential men in baseball history. That's next.
4: Sometimes I feel I've got to-
1: Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. Time now
0: for what's trending. What's trending is presented by Colorado Off-Road in Littleton. If you need major accessory brands or something off-market for your truck, car, Jeep, or SUV, they've got it. Upfit today at Colorado Off-Road or go to cooffroad.com.
1: All right, today's the 75th anniversary of Jackie Robinson breaking the color barrier in baseball. So let's rank the top five most influential men in baseball history. I'm not trying to say women or not, but mm-hmm. baseball is pretty much run by men. Or I can say people. With that. Let's, w- let's start. Number five. I want to give an honorable mention because I'm so dying to put him in my top five, but I couldn't. Mm-hmm. Jose Canseco. Okay. He shed light on the entire PED era. And he belongs in the top five. However, with the guys that I
2: have, I can't put him there. Yeah. Who did you have for five? Henry Aaron. Ooh, good one. Why? Kind of a s- similar thing to Jack- Jackie Robinson. Not so much. Kind of, He didn't break the barrier, but you think of the fact when the Braves moved to Atlanta in 1966 from Milwaukee, going into a city that was in the heart of the deep south. And Atlanta, Atlanta, then it was a Atlanta was the the center a center of the civil rights movement. Mm-hmm. But still, the the first professional team showing up in the deep south with a with a with a black superstar coming right. from Mobile, Alabama, coming from out segregation. The symbolism of that, and then the racial hatred that he dealt with leading up to breaking. Babe Ruth's record in 1974. I believe,
1: and I'm paraphrasing here, when he broke Babe Ruth's record, was it Vin Scully that said, a black man is getting a standing ovation in the Deep South. Yes. As much as I love that pick of Henry Aaron, he's not in my top five. Number five for me is Kennesaw Mountain Landis, the first commissioner ever of baseball, who took a sledgehammer to gambling on baseball with the 1919 Red Sox, White Sox I should say or better known as the Black mm-hmm. Sox until Pete Rose there was no known association with gambling until then so that lasted for a very long time because essentially landis gave baseball players the death penalty
4: mm-hmm.
2: if they decided to bet on baseball who is number 4 on your list uh, number 4 i mean this there were a lot of there were a lot of directions that uh, could have could have gone in here. I went with somebody. We've we've talked about somebody else connected with this. I went with Doctor Frank Jobe. Good one. Pioneered Tommy John surgery. We have very
1: different lists, which is interesting. Yeah,
2: which I like. Which basically has changed uh, it, it, in a lot of ways. It's changed pitching mm-hmm. for the last for the last forty plus years. Right. Uh, pictures generally. Uh, because of this and because of the success of Tommy John surgery, mm-hmm. frankly, pictures go harder. Right. Than and can throw can throw harder than they used to. Because and generally the thought is if you are a picture, TJ surgery is inevitable, but it is no but the UCL tear, which was once a career ender, it's now just something that you figure. You're gonna have at some point, right. and a lot of times, pictures are now stronger. Right after TJ surgery, Doctor
1: Job is not on my list either. Okay, but I
2: like him being
1: on your list. Mm-hmm. Number four for me is Branch Rickey, but not for the obvious. Mm-hmm. The obvious is he is the one who brought Jackie Robinson to the majors. Mm-hmm. This is what people don't know about Branch Rickey. And you can make the case he is the most influential person in the history of baseball, although he's not number one, number two, or number three on my list. We know that he brought Jackie Robinson into baseball. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't know that before he was with the Brooklyn Dodgers, he ran the St. Louis Cardinals. Yeah. And the St. Louis Cardinals could not compete financially with the other teams. So he is the one who pioneered a farm system mm-hmm. that included Stan Musial. He created the farm system. He created sabermetrics. He created the westward expansion of baseball because the team furthest west at that time were the St. Louis Cardinals. He took Brooklyn and put them into L.A., just like what Rain Gretzky did going to L.A. That's what Branch Rickey did with the Dodgers. So you have Jackie Robinson. Farm system, Sabermetrics. He was the original, original of that. Mm -hmm. And then creating westward expansion. Who's number three? By
2: the way, wasn't it Kansas? Weren't the A's already in Kansas City by the time the Dodgers? Wasn't any further than Kansas City. Okay. How's that? All right. Wasn't any further than Kansas City. All right. Number three, Marvin Miller.
1: Okay. Great one. Yeah. He is on my list, but he is not number three. Okay. Okay. Number three on my list is the greatest baseball player of all time which is Babe Ruth. He was the first marketing icon in the history of sports. The first one. And he was the reason that people followed baseball because he did things that were so unbelievable as a hitter. Again, he hit more home runs than the majority of teams. Mm-hmm. He was the first true superstar in the history of American sports. And, He's the greatest baseball player of all time because of the way he hit and because of the way he pitched. But, I
2: mean, he had a candy bar named after him. In terms of pop cultural impact, I think that is absolutely the case. Like, no, no question. Babe Ruth's probably number one. Right. He, but we were kind of thinking about like like the kind of the men, like the men. And I'm, I, I tend to think more in terms of like social. Well, impact. he was the first and, superstar. He, was. he made
1: baseball interesting. People watched baseball because of Babe Ruth. By the time Henry Aaron was playing, you already had Mickey Mantle. You already had Joe DiMaggio. You already had Lou Gehrig. But 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 Henry Aaron had a lot more on his shoulders. There's no question. His social importance is only rivaled by Jackie Robinson. Again, a black man is getting a standing ovation in the Deep South. Number two. Jackie Robinson. Interesting. I'll be curious to hear who number one is. Yeah. For me, I combined two guys because they are forever linked, Mm -hmm. and that is Kurt Flood and Marvin Miller. Kurt Flood challenged the reserve clause, which was free agency.
2: It's funny because I'm usually the one who combines. Well, because some of these in years. They're they're so heavily tied together. right, Right. But I broke them up because Kurt Flood's my number one. Right. But they are so heavily tied together.
1: So Kurt Flood challenged the reserve clause, challenged free agency, was banned from baseball after that. It is Miller who got rid of the reserve clause to create free agency when he was the executive director of the Players Association. Uh,
2: the thing with Kurt Flood and and challenging the reserve clause in the first place, you can argue that it's, it's not just baseball, but in terms of modern modern pro sports, sure that 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 is, that. Him challenging the reserve clause is the launching point for what we know in the NBA, the NFL, the NHL, Major League Baseball. So Everything you, begins with him. So
1: you went with Kurt Flood as number one. Yes. I, I won't argue with that, but this is why I'm going with Jackie Robinson. Because if there is no Branch Rickey, and it was a racist league, let's just call it like it is. If there is no Branch Rickey and no Jackie Robinson in the 1940s, then you might not have a black player till the nineteen sixties, maybe, and that was a time where there was so much social unrest. You might not have seen a black player till the nineteen seventies.
2: I don't think I it, said I, might not. Yeah,
1: I, yeah. Who was willing to be first? And Branch Rickey was willing
2: to be first. And the thing that happened is sports was able to be on the leading edge of it because. Jackie Robinson comes 9 years before Rosa Parks refuses to move to the back of the bus. Things would, own- would Rosa would Rosa Parks have happened and and her courageous stand. Right. Have happened when it did if you hadn't had sport by by the time you get by the time you got to 1956 there were very few teams in the NFL and Major League Baseball that weren't integrated. So, so are you suggesting that if it wasn't for Jackie Robinson, we might not have had Rosa Parks? I'm not saying we wouldn't. I'm just saying that might he, not. he may have accelerated the timeline a little bit. Then that's why he's
1: number one. Then that's why he's number one. I just made the case for you. Thank you. <laughs> what do we have coming up on Argonaut Liquor? Wine and Liquor, just in case you missed it.
4: Chicago Cubs and Colorado Rockies series continues the avalanche still hot and some more injury news for the first games of the NBA playoffs we'll get into all that on the other side right here on Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason on Mile High Sports
0: we with we taking another to represent the family like
1: Be, I'm B,
3: a
0: I'm a Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason. Presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk. Here's Eric and Andrew. I'm the next level.
3: I'ma be rocking over that bass treble. I'ma be chillin' with my mother, mother crew.
0: Welcome back,
1: afternoon drive. Goodman Mason, watch us milehighsports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. Time now for the final word. The final word
0: presented by Greenfield's Pool and Sports Bar in Lakewood. Greenfield's has everything under one roof, including the best happy hour in town, two-for-one wine, well and drafts from 3 until 7 p.m. Just in case you missed it. Presented by Argonaut Wine and Liquor. You need to see why Westward named it the best liquor store in Denver five years running. Or order online at ArgonautLiquor.com.
4: Just in case you missed it, Luka Doncic will miss Game 1 versus the Jazz due to a calf strain, sources told ESPN. The Mavs host Utah at 11 a.m. tomorrow. If Luka misses Game 1, who do you like to win the uh, 4-5 series between the Jazz and Dallas? I mean, Luka out? Like Donovan Mitchell?
2: Yeah, Donovan Mitchell playing, Rudy Gobert playing. I mean, Luca out. Give me, give me the Jazz in for this. the whole
4: series, or just for just for a game without Luca.
2: Well, I, I think that this series should be tight, and a game without Luca might be what makes this instead of a seven-game series. I look at this now and I say Jazz in six.
1: Who knows when he's coming back
2: anyway, right? So if they and lose if he doesn't it- come back at all, I think it's Jazz in four, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. It's gonna to be, to be tough. Again, it's it's just going up against the Jazz team that it that does have its, its two top dogs out there right now.
4: Just in case you missed it, Chicago Cubs at Colorado Rockies, 6 40 p.m. Marcus Strowman on the bump for the Cubs and Herman Marquez for the Rocks. Neither pitcher recorded a win or a loss in their first outing of the season. Marquez has an ERA of 1.29, Strowman 1.8. You expect one of these guys to uh, get a result today in I think, the game.
1: I think I read today that Stroman has the best ERA of any visiting pitcher in Major League Baseball history at Coors Field.
2: I I, I believe it. I mean, didn't he? Uh, I mean, didn't he flirt with a no a no hitter when he was here last year, last April? He's Actually, really good I'm at Coors. Yeah, that that start last April, eight innings. Three hits, uh, one walk, and the uh, and the, the Mets won two to one. They squeaked by because that's just what the Mets do with great starts. Yep. They, they can Whether it was Stroman or whether it's Jacob right. deCrom now, they cannot seem to back up a great start with with run production. But um, based on honestly, I, I believe that. But how many games has he had at Coors Field? He's had
1: more than a few. He's cool. had more. It hasn't been just one start.
2: Well, I know it hasn't been, I know it hasn't been one start, but at the same, I mean, he he, you know, of course, was with was with the Mets last year. He was with the Blue Jays for a while, so because of that, I mean, by definition, spending uh, your career in the American League before coming over to the Mets in 2019, you're gonna have you're uh, uh, you're gonna have limited experience at Coors Field. So I think it it's cool, but it's probably what a three start sample size. For Stroman, of course. Just spitballing here. Let me let me see if I can find this real quickly, and, and I don't think I
1: could probably find it that quickly. Um, but I, I, listen, I wrote it down, then I read it, and I believe everything that I read. I'm kidding. I, I, I believe I read that today.
4: <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. He is a pretty good pitcher. Uh, I enjoy watching him, and he's got some personality to him as well. Just in case you missed it. The Avalanche won 3-1 over the New Jersey Devils last night on a strong showing from Pavel François. Goals by O'Connor, Lekanen, and Burakovsky. Colorado hosts the Carolina Hurricanes tomorrow, 7 p.m., so a packed day for Denver sports tomorrow. Uh, Last night, though, Camel McCarr joined three teammates on the 82-point club with an assist. So he, Rantanen, Kadri, and McKinnon will have at least one point for every game in their NHL regular season schedule. Do you think uh, things like this matter at all to the players, or are they more for fans and media folk?
2: I think uh, they're happy with their own point total. I think it's cool, but I do think it's more for fans and media. I just found this, by the way. I'm Marcus Stroman.
4: Yeah.
1: Um, he's he's 2-1 and one with a 1.64 ERA and three career starts at Coors Field. Okay.
4: So, small sample size, but still it's pretty. You said three, right, Mace? Good job. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I, I didn't didn't think it was was 10 stars. It was
2: a pure guess because I thought, because I knew the Jays had been here a couple of times and he had to start last year. So, I was just kind of spitballing. I mean, you know, sometimes I'm right when I guess. (laughs)
1: I'm not. And usually correct me when I'm not. But (laughs) that's okay. Anyway, that was Argonaut Wine (laughs) and Liquor, just in case you missed it. Argonaut always has great specials. You're going to love the specials this weekend. Highland Park, 12-year, just $39.99. The Culprit Red Blend, $11.99. Stop by Argonaut today off Colfax to see why Westward named it the best liquor store in Denver five years running, including this year, or you can order online at Argonaut Liquor com. That's going to do it for us. Alex, great job on MileHighSports.com. Punching all the right buttons. Same with you, Danny, on the radio. Terrific job all weekend. Me too. See you Monday. See you Monday. Make it the best possible weekend you can.